he had not come to bed. That was why she had slept so soundly. She always woke up when he came in, but she had slept through the night. Emily had the sense that she was already behind, already late. Something had happened, and in each second events were galloping on ahead of her, maybe moving out of reach. She hurried out of the bedroom along the hall to the top of the stairs and listened. There was no human sound, no noise to reassure her. Emily knew her house so well that she could hear its emptiness. Phil's presence would have brought sound, would have changed the volume of the space and dampened the bright, sharp echoes. She went down the stairs as quickly as she could, trusting her bare feet to grip the steps. She ran through the living room to the dining room to the kitchen, looking for a sign. She pulled open the back door, stepped to the garage, and peered in the window. Her white Volvo station wagon was gleaming in the dim light, but Phil's car was gone. No, it wasn't gone. It had never come back at all. Emily turned, went back into the kitchen, and picked up the telephone. She dialed Phil's cell phone. A cool, distant voice said, We're sorry, but the customer is out of the reception area at this time. That usually meant Phil had turned the phone off. She looked at the clock on the wall above the table. It was too early to call anyone. Even as she was thinking that, she punched in the one number she knew by heart. It rang once, twice, three times, four times. His voice came on. This is Ray Hall. Leave a message if you want. He must be sleeping, she thought. Of course he was sleeping. Every sane person on the planet was sleeping. She hoped she hadn't awakened him. She stood with the phone in her hand, feeling relieved that he didn't know who had been stupid enough to call at 5.30 in the morning. But that feeling reversed itself instantly. She wasn't glad she hadn't awakened him. She wasn't in the mood to think about why she cared what Ray Hall thought. She knew only that she shouldn't care, so she punched his phone number again. She waited through his message, then said, Ray, this is Emily Kramer. Phil didn't come home last night. It's 5.30. If you could give me a call, I'd appreciate it. She hesitated, waiting for him to pick up the telephone, then realized she had nothing else to say. Thanks. She hung up. While she had been speaking, several new thoughts had occurred to her. She set the phone down on the counter and walked through the house again. She had no reason to think Phil would kill himself, but no reason to imagine he was immune to depression and disappointment either. And bad things happen to people without their talking about it. Especially people like Phil. Emily walked cautiously through the living room again. She looked at the polished cherry table near the front door under the mirror, where they sometimes left notes for each other. She forced herself to walk into the downstairs guest bathroom and look in the tub. There was no body. She reminded herself she shouldn't be looking for his body. A man who carried a gun would shoot himself, and she had heard nothing. If he did kill himself, she was sure he would have left a note. She kept moving, into the small office where Phil paid bills and Emily made lists or used the computer, into the den where they sat and watched television. There was no note. She knew she had not missed it because she knew what the note would look like. It would be propped up vertically with a book or something, with E.M. printed in big letters. 
For formal occasions like birthdays or anniversaries, he always used an envelope. Suicide would be one of the times for an envelope. She walked back to the telephone and called the office. Phil's office line was an afterthought, but she knew she should have tried earlier. The telephone rang four times and then clicked into voicemail. She recognized the soft, velvety voice of April Dougherty. It was an artificial phone voice, and Emily didn't like it. You have reached the headquarters of Kramer Investigations. I'm sorry that there is no one able to take your call at the moment. For personal service, please call between the hours of 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. weekdays. You may leave a message after the tone. Emily had written that little speech and recorded it twenty-two years ago, and the moment came back to her sharply. She remembered thinking of calling the crummy walk-up on Reseda Boulevard the World Headquarters.